Is it working now? I mean, it's recording now, yeah. Okay. And if something happened, I'm going to just watch this. Okay. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm going to do the intro, so are okay. we good? Yeah. <laughs> Until we're not. Okay, <laughs> I'm going to do the intro. This better work this time, Peter. Or what, what are you going to do to me? <laughs> like, I guess we'll have to start again. Hello, hello. <laughs> Welcome to the Too Much Free Time oh. Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Burris. With me, as always, is Peter Blankenship. Once, once again, yeah. Take two. Take two. And returning guest, Josh, how are you doing? I'm doing really well. I feel like I should say something different this time. <laughs> so I'll say that my mom is staying with me. And she might be listening, and she asked that you guys would be extra civil tonight. Oh, so should I, like, I should watch the language? Watch the language, Peter. I don't want to come into your show and tell you what to do. Misa. <laughs> like English. Right? Everyone knows, Peter, you're the one that's constantly cussing on this, not me. So. At least I'm not anti-Semitic. <laughs> that's true. Good brownie points, I guess, right? And I'm, yeah, I'm implying you are. Oh, what? <laughs> it's not true, Mom. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, we're we're finishing up our Star Wars retrospective by talking about the controversial, to put it lightly, sequel trilogy that was created by Disney. The first set of movies that were created outside of George Lucas. Very interesting takes. Yeah. yeah. Funny enough that these were the Disney movies because with Rogue One included, these have got to be some of the darkest Disney movies that have ever been made. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Rogue Rogue One, this whole sequel trilogy has made me relook at the previous movies. It actually made me like Solo more. It made me like Rogue One more. Mm-hmm. The, and you're right. They're both of them. Even Solo has some really dark themes in it. And all of my childhood heroes were killed on screen <laughs> in front of me. In front of me. And you're basically told like no but it's okay because like the disney characters are going to do stuff now it's like but no (laughs) well they're in the force most of them are they most of them well han i guess isn't but is we'll get into that when that happens i mean we talked about that in the rise of skywalker review too but i guess we should say I mean, it's, it feels like it's a given, but heavy spoilers ahead for the sequel trilogy. This I say it for this unneeded. one. There's no reason you should be listening to this podcast if you haven't seen these movies. That's true. <laughs> I'm just saying, obviously, we're going to go into spoilers about Rise of Skywalker, too. So, And that's still Liter- technically in box office. No. Box office. I can't speak right now. I think, they, it's, I think it's still playing at Opry Mills. Doesn't matter. But, yeah, I guess we'll just kick it off with Force Awakens, which, when it came out, was... Massive. I, I think I watched the trailer for Force Awakens 30 times in a row. Just like, as soon as it ended, just repeat. Repeat. <laughs> I was so excited. And I left the theater still pretty excited. Well, was it, like That was one where we went there and we were waiting outside. Yeah, we camped. Well, line. we didn't camp out. But yeah, we stayed out there for like... People actually dressed up, which the amount of people dressing up went down. Way as down. As the sequels were coming Yeah, out. that was definitely one of the best in-movie experiences I've ever had. Oh, yeah, for Force Awakens? Exactly. Yeah, with people cheering when the Millennium Falcon and C-3PO come on screen for the first time. It just felt like an experience. Right. We didn't know. (laughs) (laughs) We didn't know. Well, to be honest, that's something I wanted to talk about because I don't know if I brought this up in the Rise of Skywalker review. I left the Force Awakens excited about the Disney future. You know what I mean? The Disney Star Wars future. It hadn't, like, really sunk in, and I think think it that's one of the things that the last jedi you know unfortunately gets blamed for the most is the you know this is the turning point where it's like oh things got weird 
But when you go back and think about The Force Awakens, that's where the problem started. Because, and I didn't think about it at the time because I was just happy it wasn't as shitty as the prequels. <laughs> uh, but it redid the status quo. So it in The Force Awakens, from the moment The Force Awakens plot is revealed, the entire original trilogy is pointless. And that didn't click until The Last Jedi, which is one of the reasons why I actually like The Last Jedi more, because I've come to terms with the idea of like, no, it's not The Last Jedi that did this. It's just the whole sequel trilogy. <laughs> it was a soft reboot. Yeah, 100%. And I kind of defended that in the beginning, where I was like, oh, well, they just overshot the tone of wanting to make it feel like the original movies. They just overdid it too much, and it came across like a reboot. But really... It is. It's almost like it almost shouldn't be episode seven. It should be its own Star Wars thing. Mm -hmm. This trilogy seemed to really care too much about what people thought about it, right? Yeah. Episode seven was in response to people not liking the prequels doing something a little too different. So this wanted to give us something we were familiar with. The Last Jedi took us in a totally new direction, and people really didn't like that. Yeah. And then The Rise of Skywalker tried to take us back to something we did like and undo everything that came before it. Yeah, it was it was three just weird approaches to move. They're just three completely different tones too. It's it's very bizarre, and I have to wonder. Like they've already pretty much made it clear they're not going to do any more Star Wars movies for a good while. They want to focus on Disney Plus. Prove it. <laughs> well, I mean, all their projects announced are Disney Plus stuff. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> And poor Ryan Johnson keeps being like, no, no, I'm still probably going to make that trilogy. We're like, are, are you? Have they returned any of your calls, man? <laughs> Should we say maybe some things that we really liked about The Force Awakens to kick it off? Yeah, I for sure. Like, I love the opening of Force Awakens. Where the entrance of Kylo Ren, the whole village scene. Was him force-stopping. Yeah, him force-stopping. When I saw that for the second time in IMAX, it was just as stunning. Of Just him stopping the bolt. And in IMAX, when you saw it in 3D, the bolt was like above you, how they filmed it. It was... That just jaw-dropped. Like, whoa. That's awesome. That's one of the things that made me excited for, like, yeah. where is this going to go? We've never seen that before. This guy's bad news. Yeah, this guy is super bad news. Yeah, that's the... Uh what is that force unleashed type of yeah force level of just power stuff? Well, you could yeah you could almost do that in the older Star Wars games too, like Jedi Knight and whatnot. Uh, I thought the Poe was a super cool character. I actually did think he died when you know that later scene after the escape. Like the escape, like Finn's whole arc in the beginning is super cool. I really yeah. To be honest, most of the Force Awake Force Awakens like stuff I really enjoy. It's more of just the overarching plot. Yeah, the, the tone's pretty intense. Like, it starts out edgy, and you're like, whoa, not only is it really, because it's raining and wet and stuff where we stop the blaster bolts, and you're like, man, that's, like, literally dark, and then we're slaughtering people. Yeah. And you're like, dang, that's Kill intense. village. Like, and then even with Han Solo getting done, and you're like, dang, that's pretty crazy. But just on top of the skeleton of A New Hope, it's, like, kind of annoying that we're, like, it's just a really dark, edgy New Hope. Yeah. And it's it's interesting... Like the, I mean, it, you were talking about we were talking about shocking moments of just Kylo stopping the bolt. Finn taking his helmet off, really in the Star Wars universe, is a huge deal. Like everyone was focusing on the blood on his helmet as like a one. That's a great way to 
signifying a shot, which character you're supposed to be following because it stood out. But besides, you know, in New Hope, when Luke and Han have the Stormtrooper helmet on, you never see a Stormtrooper without his helmet on, like, as a person. And, like, that's such a big deal that Finn is a actual human being, not a clone, like, brainwashed, just, you know, shoot everybody that moves Stormtrooper. And that was such an awesome idea. Is Phantasma in that scene? Yeah. She is. Because she's one of the people that notices that Finn didn't fire. Because she's really cool looking, too. Oh, yeah. She, she had that Boba Fett thing going where she looked like she was about to wreck people. But then she, she was got in it wrecked. just as long. Yeah, she got wrecked. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> just like in a yeah. You know, there's a deleted scene in the Last Jedi that I watched recently where you actually get to see her do something sort of cool. Where uh, you know where she fights Finn as the ship's blowing up, mm-hmm. and um, which is a weird scene because of you thought she died in the first one, but the extended i should say scene of that is finn calls her out for lowering the shields of you mm-hmm. know well i forgot the name of it uh, star killer, killer base. base of star killer not the base. death star it's yeah bigger. i was called it the death star <laughs> but you know lowering the shields of star killer base and like calling her out for being you know like a fake tough person whatever and the stormtroopers that are with her are like looking around like what is he telling the truth and she just ices them just immediately shoots both of them so there's no witnesses. I've seen that too. Really cool. That and is like an like interesting character moment. If it had stayed in, it might have changed Finn's arc a little bit in the next movie. I think so too. Especially if Phasma hadn't died at that moment. If it had been another, like, I think they should have done something completely different with Finn. But if Phasma had been like Finn's antagonist the whole trilogy, that might have helped a little. But uh, yeah, going back to Force Awakens stuff... Uh, I I actually enjoyed Ray's opening because it felt like at first you're like, oh, great, another person on a desert planet. But they did something really interesting with it, like her being this scrapper, you know, going through an old destroyed star. Yeah, in the ruins cool of the 30-year-ago war. Yeah. Right. It was cool. Like her hat's that old – or her hat. <laughs> her house – because I was trying to say yeah. helmet and house. <laughs> Her house is a broken down ATAT, and then she wears like the rebel pilot helmet and stuff. Like, I don't know if this is true. This was on a Star Wars speculation subreddit, but the Star Wars language that's written on the helmet, I think, says something like Ray, so that people speculate that Ray might not actually be her name. And she just picked that name because, like, she was so young. I don't know if that's mm. true. I just thought that was kind of interesting if she picked it off the helmet of a dead pilot she scavenged <laughs> have to consult the visual dictionary on yeah. that <laughs> but josh what were some stuff you liked in uh, force awakens yeah my i think the part that gave me the biggest chills are when uh kylo ren is on the bridge and han calls out to him and he says ben that to me i think was in the whole trilogy that's one of the things that sticks with me where his name isn't Kylo Ren. He's the son of Han Solo, and you realize that he was supposed to be somebody else, and it yeah. just really crushed this family, everything that he did. And you kind of feel it, I think, in that moment where you don't really see them interact at all until then. And it's just he's somebody totally different, and he's posing as this Darth Vader-like character, and Han's trying to bring him back. And that was my favorite scene in the movie by far. That Yeah, that honestly was a gut punch. Because, like, 
people will talk about like oh the reveal of him being Han Solo's son was kind of like telegraphed and everything so that didn't land I was like I didn't care much about that like I thought that was interesting I was like oh where are they gonna go with that but you're right 100% when he yells Ben it hit me in multiple layers of like my first thought was like oh shit they named him after Obi-Wan Kenobi like (laughs) that like hit me in the feels I was like oh man and then exactly like you said it's this pull it's almost similar to like I like the scene where uh, I feel like some people have made fun of it, but I actually really enjoy the scene where he takes off his helmet for the first time with Ray, and it's revealed he's completely normal looking. Like he's not like scarred. Surprise! He's got figured. a great flow. Yeah, he's got <laughs> yeah. he's got luscious locks. Like good looking Adam Driver. Like it was it a was a, such chain. a such an like opposite of what you thought was going to be. Peter, stay dreaming. <laughs> <laughs> just like oh yeah, but you know what I mean. Like that was a scene that's just you think there's going to be a reason why he has the helmet on and then it's just not. He's just wearing it for posing. Yeah. It's like, you realize this guy wants so bad to be somebody else and he just wants someone to approve of him. Yeah. I also like the, um, I mean, it's not an added force power because I feel like that was in some of the extended universe stuff too, but the reaching into the mind, like the, like, I don't even know what you call it. Like forced mind reading, like aggressive mind reading for, Oh, that he does to other people. Yeah, that he does to other people. Like, I thought that was a really cool just force power because it, it made sense. Because, you know, we talked about in the original trilogy how uh, one of the crux cruxes of Star Wars in general is constantly the, like, I can sense this or I, I feel your anger or I feel, like, a disturbance. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like this weird... It happens randomly. Oh, it happens when the plot need it, needs it to happen. Right, why don't you do this more often? Yeah, like... It's just something that's one of those plot holes in Star Wars that, like, you just kind of accept. I like that there's almost an, a super aggressive form of quote unquote sensing something by reaching into somebody's mind. That, like, is a terrifying aspect. So it added, like, a level of, ooh, this guy's not to be messed with. I also thought that was just a really well done scene when he's interrogating Ray. I never got, I was never a Raylo person until. The end of Last Jedi. I didn't want it, but I understood the Raylo stuff. But the Raylo stuff started with that interrogation scene for some reason. Mm. Like that's weird. <laughs> that's ser- like, but seriously, yeah. like, why is that the scene? Yeah. Like, some stuff. I don't know. But yeah, I didn't like was, the thing that hasn't aged. If we can go into some of the stuff I didn't like about Force Awakens, what hasn't aged is the end fights not the not just the like dual fighting but i mean like the attack on star killer base in general it it just doesn't hit it's forgettable it's the same thing we've seen in, well, in three movies now i didn't think about it either but someone pointed out online that there aren't any real space battles in the sequel trilogy like that you focus on like if you look at the original trilogy the run of the death star it's them fighting TIE fighters like a little bit. There's like a little bit of dog fighting at least in the sequel trilogy. It's a lot of quick cuts of like they're fighting for a second, but it's just inside the cockpit conveying an exposition to go back to what's happening on the ground. Yeah, Nothing like the beginning of revenge of the Sith. Right. There's no space. Like they don't, I guess they don't focus on it as much as what I, I would say the opening of the last Jedi is probably the closest we get to that, which is awesome. Mm -hmm. As we go into that one, that's that scene still hits with me. I, I understand why people don't like that scene because of the humor is a little too Marvel and I get that critique. I will say I laughed, but, um, yeah, uh, force awakens though. 
I still think is very watchable. Like when we've rewatched all these, I still enjoyed most of what happens in force awakens. There's stuff that doesn't age well just because of the later movies inadvertently or probably intentionally retcon stuff like, um, they still haven't fully explained some of the visions, uh, Ray saw when she touches the lightsaber. Like we never, and it's told that we're going to get that later. Yeah. And like, we never f- get a full explanation of the, when he, se- she sees Kylo in the rain. Cause everyone thought like, Oh, is that him killing the other Jedi? Like, right. All mm-hmm. this speculation of what was going on when she sees the Knights of Ren and stuff like that, but then it ends up that we never see that. I don't know. I was excited in seeing that in theaters for where that was going to go. Yeah. So it's only in hindsight now that I don't care for it because it feels really unfulfilling, right. unsatisfying. And and that's what I mean. Like when I rewatched Force Awakens, there was I there were still a lot of fun moments and everything, but there's certain lines of dialogue. There's certain moments that because of Last Jedi and mainly Rise of Skywalker that I'm like, oh, this now has like a completely different meaning and not in a good way. Like a lot of the stuff with Maz of like her saying like this was Luke's father's or yeah, this was Anakin's. Then it was Luke's. And now it calls out to you. You're like, oh, what does that mean going forward? It's like, oh, it just means she found the lightsaber. Yeah, it means nothing (laughs) because she's Palpatine. Yeah, she's a Palpatine. Cool. And then, like, yeah, a lot of... Met Maz? Like, yeah, Maz Kanata. She had a lot of, like, uh, pseudo-Yoda potential that they, they didn't squandered. do anything with. Yeah, they super squandered. It's kind of upsetting to me. Because I thought she was a really cool person to introduce and this weird planet, and she's, like, the bartender or whatever. You well, know, like, kind of cool. When you break down her character, too, she is Force-sensitive. She is not a Jedi, She's not a Sith. She's as old as Yoda, and she's just running a... Like, that's a fascinating it's a cool character. character. One that like, you haven't seen before. Yeah, like, it's one of those characters that, instead of Yoda being like, the, we have to go the good ways, she's definitely this character like, you know, governments come and go, man. Like, she's been around the block a yeah, few times. It, it, it kind of wasted potential. But, yeah, like I was saying with that, like, a lot of Han Solo's conversations with her now yeah. hit differently of, like... Who is she? And uh, nothing is ever answered. Yeah, Maz asks, "Who's the girl?" Cuts to a different scene. Maz says, "Great story for another time about the lightsaber." Yeah, we don't really get much of anything from her, except for open-ended questions that are never answered. Yeah, and uh, the way those are shot too helped and kind of buried them going forward in the saga because it made it seem like Harrison Ford knew, yeah, n- knew what was going on. And even if you put that in the context of, oh, they always knew she was going to be a Palpatine, which they didn't, and nobody can convince me that's what it was, uh-huh. how would Harrison Ford have known? Right. Who's he talking to? Yeah. That, oh, wait, that's that girl that's granddaughter of Palpatine. I remember Luke talking to What? Yeah. No. Anyone around that would have known was Luke, and he wasn't really talking to anyone. Yeah. Bizarre. And why would Luke have known, too, when he went into hiding so long ago? Yeah. The biggest I, miss for me in Force Awakens was the Rathars. The Rathars. I forgot about those. The, it's the monster things that in the in the second act when Finn and uh, Rey run into Han Solo, they get captured by the Konji Club. When we, see Han, Konji Club. When we see Han Solo back to his old tricks as a smuggler, <laughs> I this was the first time I was like, uh-oh, I <laughs> don't know if this movie is going to be good. I, I remember checking my watch, and I was like, when is this scene going to be over? And it was pretty short, but that yeah. was 
that's I have never enjoyed that scene even on rewatch. The I I haven't either except for one thing that helped because Ray and Finn had a good chemistry from the moment they meet. There's a sm- couple small scenes in that act, like you know, action set piece for lack of a better term, uh, that reinforce that more that I think helps. But yeah, again, I feel like it could have been more. That could just been better done but like i like the joke of the the doors close on the tentacle thing and finn drops and like tells ray it's like you should have seen it, it was the crazy she's like oh that's cool like because she did it there's like a weird like yeah i know and they just keep running but yeah going into the last jedi though well this she beats uh ray uh well i feel like i beat that over the i, I yeah, but that's, it's been like a couple years so i just feel like with rise of skywalker i brought that up too it's just just remember uh, again, it's her second time picking up a lightsaber. <laughs> it's okay. So I'm now of the opinion it, it's something that they needed to decide what Kylo from the beginning. They needed to decide what Kylo was good at. That was better than her. If she's better at dueling, fine. I can buy it. She's had to fight in the sands of Jakku for forever. I can bend the imagination to be like a lightsaber is just another weapon. She's force sensitive, yada, yada, yada. In that case kylo needs to be able to be better at the just force in general than her otherwise he's not a threat to her and if you eliminate both those in those scenes and i understand he's wounded he's a you you neuter your villain <laughs> he's a hot bod though he's That's a hot his bod. threat i i still love at the beginning of that duel his like Everything about the beginning of the duel gets me amped. Him being pissed off, him yelling traitor, him like hitting himself, being like, let's do this. Him just cutting down Finn like it's nothing. Super psyched. And then the snow scene happens, like lightsaber in the snow scene happens, and I'm like, okay. (laughs) Yeah, I think this sets the stage, though, for the reverse Anakin that we get in the trilogy, though. Because think about in Revenge of the Sith, Anakin's at the height of his evil powers and then he's defeated too by obi-wan and i think yeah that's maybe where it's coming from is that being as evil as possible and embracing the dark side doesn't necessarily mean you're going to win and i i will say it does lend to the payoff of i actually had like a sigh of relief and excitement when kylo beat the shit out of her on the ruins of the death star and was just standing over her like come at me i was like thank you I was like, Kylo, you come on, buddy. Like this whole saga, you've been struggling. Like you gotta do something. Right. At here. some point, we do need that because there's no conflict if Ray's already beating the villain in Episode it, One. Exactly. Like it, taking this out of Star Wars, taking this out of the oh Mary Sue, whatever complex, simple storytelling is the villain has to be a threat in some capacity. Otherwise, he's not a villain. He's a road bump. Like it, it's just basic storytelling. And so when you constantly have the villain being beaten, it turns into that goofy Inspector Gadget thing. Becomes like, General Hux. I'll get you next right. time, Gadget! Like, <laughs> yeah, Hux. Perfect example. Um, I feel like I brought this up, though. <clears throat> oh, I forgot to bring this up in our Rise of Skywalker review. And if I did, I'm sorry I'm repeating myself. But I And I brought this up when we left Rise of Skywalker. I do love, even though, again, because of how unplanned this is, I doubt this was intentional. I mm-hmm. love this this theme that happened with um, Kylo Ren and that lightsaber because Force Awakens, he reaches out to it when it's stuck in the snow. It jiggles. It won't come to him. It goes to Rey, and he's in shock. Like, he's trying to get his birthright. doesn't come to him. You know, Last Jedi happens. He's more torn. You know, he's in more of a fragile place than ever, and he's struggling for the lightsaber with Rey, and it's a give and take, and it splits, whatever. That whole scene happens. 
when he finally goes light side, his true form, his true like spirit and character, he finally gets his birthright. He gets Anakin's lightsaber. And again, I don't believe that was intentional in the storytelling, but that's what I took away from it. And it made me feel better about a lot of things. Cause it's a, it's a great symbology of like, mm-hmm. he wanted Anakin. He wanted to be Anakin or Darth Vader, but he really wanted, should have been Anakin kind of thing. If that makes sense. So I liked that. Yeah. And that, so that, that scene does pay off by rise of the Skywalker because he finally gets Anakin's lightsaber. And I love that. But uh, yeah, last Jedi, we already said it. I actually really, really love the opening. I like the conflict it causes with Leia when after Poe basically sacrifices their bombers to take out the super duper crazy Star Destroyer. I like that conflict of Leia being like, cool, you won one battle. We just lost half our like forces. It was an interesting like conversation to have in a Star Wars movie because usually just ships go up and down and nobody talks about the lives lost. So... Again, Ryan Johnson talking about interesting things that uh, hasn't been talked about before. Trying to put everybody through the ringer in this one. Oh, I liked yeah. it. it. It's weird. So s- something I didn't think about but I now I enjoy is a lot of the messages Ryan Johnson tells in The Last Jedi I think are fantastic. I think the you don't have to be related to anybody to be you know a hero – great i think the uh, whole you know there's bad guys on both sides with the whole selling weapons thing that's great i think you know i guess the lesson with poe was learning to follow as well as lead you know there's like a lot of great messages i think there was a lot going on that jumbled it and i just don't think certain things landed and then a lot of it is just because i hate canto bite <laughs> like i can't stress that enough that that is like one of the worst parts of the saga to me i hate canto bite who wants to say positive things <laughs> josh i because sh- I, I don't want to say you're a last the last jedi defender i'm i i used that term before rise of skywalker before it was cool and well, I just mean in the sense of like if someone liked the Last Jedi, I would always say like they're a Last Jedi defender. I now just say you're someone who appreciated the Last Jedi because now that we've seen how bad things can get with Rise of Skywalker, I want to apologize to Ryan Johnson for feeling like not liking Last Jedi. <laughs> yeah, the Last Jedi is easily the best of this trilogy in my opinion, and I think it's in my opinion. If I was ranking these, it's probably three or four for me. Interesting. I think this movie is really great. What I will say, though, is on seeing it in theaters, I've used this analogy before. It's kind of like waking up on Christmas morning, and you go downstairs, and you open up a present that you didn't want at all, something that you were super pumped about. You didn't get what you asked for. You get this thing that you just don't really know what to do with, and you're not really sure that you want it. But over time, you realize, hey, this is really useful. I actually love this gift that I got, and I appreciate this differently you know, a couple years from when I first opened it, even though I was super disappointed that I didn't get the TV that I asked for. That's how I see this movie, where in theaters, nothing that I expected or wanted to happen happened, and it's super easy to be jaded and disappointed about that. But after thinking about it on rewatches, and then as it came out, I guess now, like three years ago, oh, yeah, it has been I think ago. this movie's going to continue to age really, really well. I think people are going to keep looking back on it and seeing that this told an actual story from start to finish, and it all 
makes sense. I mean, there's some things I think that, to your point, Canto Bite, I could have done without, and I have a conspiracy theory about Canto Bite. <laughs> but I think that this movie picked a direction and it had a theme. It was about failure and about learning from your mistakes. And the characters that could do that are the good guys, and the characters that held on to their mistakes, like Kylo, are the ones who are showing you, hey, you don't have to live like this. It doesn't have to be that way. And I, I think this movie has some of by far the most memorable and iconic scenes in the whole sequel trilogy. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd buy that. I mean, the I think the throne room scene will be talked about forever. I think, I think the Holdo maneuver, as it was dubbed in Rise of Skywalker, uh, will be one of the most memorable, like honestly, one of the most memorable frames in cinema. Like that is one of the craziest looking scenes of all time. Just the ship shattering and just how that looked. And audibly, where the sound just drops for yeah. a couple seconds. It was that was a masterclass of just beautiful film work but juxtaposed with rose (laughs) i forgot how much you hate rose (laughs) it's hard (laughs) i think so most of my main complaints because it's hard for me and i i think that's almost its point with the you know the movie being about failure because i completely agree with you that's what the movie is about it's hard for me to like a movie where all the storylines are about failure because in an, the bad side of it, the other side of that coin is that it ends up, it can be at least a movie that is just wheel spinning because by the end of the movie, almost everyone's in the same place they were except for Luke. Cause he's dead. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like there's a little bit of wheel spinning where there's, some progress in some regards but not a lot in the overarching story like as a self-contained movie i think it works fine it's when you realize this is the second movie in a three-parter you're like wait but we didn't really move forward it so that's it that's what i have a hard time coming to terms with and there are things that i've actually enjoyed more like i've grown more on the luke being a recluse on, you know, Octu, because that was something that legitimately pissed me off leaving the theater. Because I hate to be the hashtag not my Luke <laughs> kind of guy, but I am someone who devoured all the extended universe books and actually loved that Luke went Super Saiyan God mode in those books and was like, could do anything. Like I'm, I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if I found out in the later books that I didn't read that he could like. Thanos people and just snap his <laughs> finger and then disintegrate. Yeah, like separate was, them from the force. Yeah, he was just like on another level of just crazy powerful. And I understand that's unrealistic to do in these movies, but I think I think what gets me and that I still have a hard time with is that he didn't rebuild the Jedi Order. Like he failed to rebuild the Jedi Order. On his first try. Yeah, yeah, and because he died, he never got to complete that mission. So it's that nostalgia, but also what we said about the sequel trilogy as a whole, it negates what his story was. Well, honestly, it it, it looks more like he has a hubris problem when he's trying to rebuild the Order, and then Kylo Ren messes it up, and he's like, man, I shouldn't have done this at all. And then he like disappears. And like I, I like him stepping back out of failure and being like, what am I doing? I just wish it had been like, but there are still Jedi out there that like, because of fear they scattered and you know, maybe Ray is going to reunite them or something that could have helped. I also don't like that. It was and people 
this is a very controversial, so I can understand it going either way. I did not like that what his failure was, was that he thought about killing Kylo. I would have liked it more if his failure was thinking he could save Kylo, and he couldn't. And that's what, you know, like, because he says, I thought, he says the line, I thought I could save him because I was Luke Skywalker. That hit so heavy to me, but then when you find out later through the truth that it's, he had a moment of weakness and almost killed him, which I get, that is an interesting idea. I just think it would have hit harder if he kept being like, no, 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 I can save him, and Kylo was too gone. And Kylo did destroy a lot of Jedi and break up the Order, but he's still sitting there being like, why couldn't I see through my own pride of... I could save him kind of, I don't know. I just think that would have landed better for me personally. Yeah, he had a thought lapse as opposed to like actually doing something bad. Yeah. What are you, What is your take on Luke in the Last Jedi thing, Josh? At first, I was kind of disappointed too. <clears throat> I felt like you did, Mark, where I, you know, the Luke that we saw in the original trilogy is this whiny farm boy that becomes this like ninja you know, really powerful guy, and he progresses through the trilogy, and he's just somebody that, as a kid especially, you could relate to, you know, you thought, I could I could be Luke Skywalker, he came from nothing, he was nobody, and then by the end of it, he's this guy who's going to lead the entire, you know, the entire rebellion to victory, and then in this one, you see him totally broken, and it all happened off screen, so it's a little yeah. jarring, because you don't see that. Um, in this movie, I think it's kind of encouraging in some ways, even looking back on it, where your ultimate movie hero can make the biggest mistake of his life and it's not final. That's not the last thing that defines him. And by the end of the movie, he inspires the galaxy again. I think that sacrifice felt a little small because it just felt like it was not a big moment that the whole galaxy saw. Yeah. I think that's the point of the broom boy scene at the end of the movie. But to me, I, I appreciate it more looking back on it than I did in the theater. I think that, I, I can totally see how his mistake was crushing to him personally because he betrayed or felt like he betrayed his sister and his best friend and clearly betrayed his nephew and turned him into a, an evil genocidal murderer Yeah, <laughs> and kind of reset the galaxy into the state that it was when he was becoming a Jedi for the first time. So I, I can totally understand both sides of it, but I, I, I appreciate this story. I think it was it's a full, if you read The Hero's Journey, the yeah. Joseph Campbell hero's journey. It is a full arc for Luke. He's not just a sidekick in this movie. He has a full story that is told, and I can appreciate that. Yeah, and I agree. And, like, Peter, I feel like me and you have talked about this. There were multiple times. There's so many things Luke says on Oct 2 that I'm so happy Luke came to the realization because it is stuff he came up with, he thought about in the uh, extended universe originally before Disney deleted it. The stuff like the hubris of the Jedi Order before Palpatine you know, that this idea of um, that the force belongs to them. And, you know, in the extended universe, I I appreciated that Luke's Jedi Order took such a different thought process and it made it more interesting and it felt like Luke understood things more. And he shows that he understands the failures of the Jedi and how to be better. That's, I think, why it hit, hit me weird when he died too because it didn't feel like he taught that to Ray, not like fully. He like said that to Ray, but it, at the end of the day, Ray's just reading those textbooks and to s- start the order again. But if she doesn't have someone there, I guess Force Ghost, Ghost Luke will be there. But you know what I mean? Like 
Ray has as much potential to start the order the same way Luke did, which was the same way the original Jedi were, which we are now taught is a flawed system. So it just seems like another cycle is going to start. So I did feel like that was a natural progression that the rise of Skywalker didn't really capitalize on. Yeah, we can, we can get to that, but I I love too. One of my favorite scenes in this movie is when Yoda comes back. Yeah, and Luke and Yoda sit and watch the burning tree, and Yoda's telling him, "Hey, man, like failure's the greatest teacher we have, yeah. and your students are going to become greater than you. Basically, you're the foundation that they grow beyond." And I really like that too. I I like that Yoda came back, but I'm not gonna lie, and I. It, I understand them avoiding hating Christensen and them avoiding the prequel stuff because of the initial hate. But from a story perspective, Luke finally talking to his dad on screen would have been huge. Mm -hmm. Like not talking to Vader, talking to Anakin. Like I was hoping my theory going into the last Jedi and what I wanted it to be. And I brought it up in our last Jedi review was I wanted the reason I was fine with Ray being a nobody. I wanted the reason the lightsaber called to Ray and because Luke was, you know, forced cut off hiding out on Octu. I wanted the reason Ray got called to the lightsaber and Ray had to go find Luke was because Luke refused to talk to Anakin and Anakin reached out to Ray because of sinister force, whatever power and was like, Ray go talk some sense to my dumbass son. Who's hiding on a Island. You know what I mean? And like, that moment of finally reconnecting with Luke at the tree also would have hit so much harder if when Luke's meditating and doing the projecting thing, if Anakin's there with him, like guiding him through it and then leads. Cause I think even in the last Jedi book, Anakin says like, I'll guide you. You know what I mean? Like there's like, what do you think Luke would have called potential. him? Do you think he would have called him dad? I think Daddy. Doesn't that seem weird? Luke talking to <laughs> I think he would have I think he would have said fa- I mean he calls him father in the last it's or true. Return of the Jedi. So I think he would have just been like father? Like he's like, Oh, you're finally gonna talk to me now, huh? <laughs> now that the tree's on fire? But I just think that was a <laughs> again, like Yoda hit really well. I enjoyed it, it was Yoda. But I'm just saying there's a lot of missed potential in terms of connecting the whole saga. And I think Anakin not being present especially when there's this clear metaphor of of um, Kylo wanting to be Vader that you don't have the counterpoint of Anakin being there being like no Vader was wrong <laughs> like mm-hmm. what are you doing like that is a missed opportunity uh, we talked a lot about the Luke stuff the other subplots of Last Jedi like Poe's I by the end it really is just I guess learn to be a follower before you can be a leader. I, I think that he's learning how to become a leader I is guess. really, really where he ends is he takes the reins from Leia at the end where he says, follow me. And Leia's like, what are you looking at me for? Follow him. Yeah. And I think that's the passing of the torch that they were going for. Yeah. I do think this is kind of substep, but Holdo as a character felt unnecessary. I think that should have just been Akbar. That should have just been Admiral Akbar, Right. It felt like that whole situation could have been avoided if she just told him what she was doing. Oh, 100%. They didn't clarify that very well. They didn't or they didn't set up a reason for that. Um also I, I just the I got what they were going for, but the whole space chase didn't seem to make sense to me. Like I've had people explain it to me. I've read different ways of explaining what's going on. How it can it's still last so long. Yeah, but it still just doesn't fully make sense to me. 
And I feel like there's a ton of different ways that like I, the excuse of just, oh, well, the Empire knew or the First Order knew that they had them trapped. So there was no need for extra efforts like bullshit. Like they got shit to do. They, like, they had they did that before and it didn't work out. Yeah. So it's I don't know that that kind of weird. And then separating Finn and Poe for Finn to go on the adventure with Rose, I think. I think they know that now too in retrospect was a massive mistake because the bromance stuff, whether you liked it or not was working like that would, they had on on screen chemistry. They were funny together. It would have been interesting to see them do something together. Um, Then that brings us to Canto Bite. You said you had a conspiracy theory about Canto Bite? My conspiracy theory about Canto Bite is I've watched this movie with the director's commentary and I'm pretty confident that that's the first set that they built. And it was one of the first ideas that Ryan Johnson had when putting this movie together. And I think they were just too invested in the set design and had spent too much money on this that they, had that to they do could it. not back out of it. And truthfully, I, I love the idea and design of it. I think it looks really cool. I think it's an interesting idea. And, and truthfully, in the sequel trilogy, there's not that many unique locations, in my opinion. Well, yeah, we talked about, me and Peter talked about that in the prequel trilogy, that one of the things the prequel trilogy had going for it was regardless of what you think of how the CGI is held up, or regardless of what you think of the story itself. It's so creative. It's so pretty. Every location they go to is so Very distinct. Very unique, yeah. Yeah, and it's, it stands out so well. Like, someone did that on Reddit where they took just images from each planet and each movie, like each trilogy, I should say, and put them next to each other as like a color thing. And you can see clear as day that the prequel trilogy is just beautiful tapestry. Tons of colors, yeah. And then um, the sequel trilogy is just dark gray it's like it's weird but yeah like Canobite was an interesting planet it's an interesting idea it just in the context of everything else feels like what are we doing here guys the execution is <laughs> bad Benicio del Toro is bad yeah. I'll, I'll say it's bad I don't know if that's a well you think he's opinion. gonna be more important when he disappeared and then doesn't come back by the end of the movie I was like oh is he just gone gone and then I was like when we were watching Rise of Skywalker, I was like, is he randomly going to appear again? He was just a theme personified, right? Like, he was <laughs> yes. just uh, hey, there's good and bad people on both sides. That was his sole purpose of being in this movie. And he had a stutter, which felt like a really Character weird choice. choice by him yeah. just to tell Ryan Johnson, I, I really, I've, I'm a great actor. Let me prove it. And yeah. he decided to do that. I haven't stuttered before, but I can do it now. Yeah, he, uh, it's just a weird, I did like, just because it hit that Star Wars nostalgia correctly, in my opinion, I did like they dressed up like Imperial uh, or First Order officers to sneak up. Like that was a fun scene. That's a fun deleted scene with Tom Hardy as one of the stormtroopers. Have you watched that? I have. Yeah. That's like that's like a fun one because it's just a stormtrooper recognizing Finn and then being like, "Wow, you got promoted! That's awesome!" <laughs> like it's him being excited for him, and it's like a. It's like a funny little like bit, which also would have helped with the continuation of Finn's arc of like, hey, these stormtroopers are people. Like, but we'll get to that with Rise of Skywalker. I mean, am I missing anything? Oh, I guess the final battle scene. Um, I mean, it's kind of cool. The red stuff they're kicking up. Yeah. So that, I think, if I could personify <laughs> my opinion of the sequel trilogy, it's that final battle. Both the ships and Luke versus Kylo. Both of them are shot so well, but they're also empty. You know what I mean? Like it definitely feels like a Western or something like that. There's 
like the ships fighting the ATATs and doing Last Stand, you feel like it's a Hoth situation, like awesome. But unlike Hoth, there's no the ships are getting away. Mm-hmm. There's no like it feels pointless. You know what I mean? It's a last stand, though. And I mean, truthfully, that's the whole... You're talking about the space battle, too, or the chase. They wanted to wait for them to run out of fuel so they could blow them away, and everyone would know that they were completely destroyed. Right, but like they could have done that, but also had a Star Destroyer, which we find out in the next movie they had plenty Oof. of. They could have had a Star Destroyer cut them off. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it could have been a, like, going... Two trains going <laughs> the same direction. It, no, you know what I mean? Uh, mistakes it, were made by, yeah. <laughs> by both sides. Yes, agreed. <laughs> but I just mean like, because again, another great potential. I would have been sad if Finn had died, but if he had died in that moment taking out the laser, and that's something I've seen online as a hot topic, whether or not he should have died in the thing, um, that would have been crazy. I also think it would have been, not because I think Rose is a terrible character or I hate that actress, but that would have been a crazy sacrifice too if Rose had pushed him out of the way and Rose took the the laser out because she would have gone out like her sister. And that would have been an interesting like full circle thing. But them not actually taking out the laser. So then the wall does go down and then we get that weird like we're not going to win this war by killing what we hate but saving what we love kiss thing. I got what they were going for. That did not land though. That felt very out of left field. That Although, was a swing and a miss. It's Star Wars. Like I'm, I'm not saying like it has to be. Get a that pro. kissing off my movie screen. <laughs> no, I just mean the <laughs> sense of like <laughs> one that kiss fell out of nowhere. But I just mean like the message. I get it. You don't want to be like a pro war thing, but like they have to fight. So like they have to fight the first order. So I don't know. It just it. We'll touch on this in a little bit. I think they were s- trying to set something up for the next one. And or if I had made The Rise of Skywalker, they would have been setting something up there. So we can, we can talk about that. But I feel like we should talk about a couple things before we move on. One is Kylo killing Snoke. I feel like... Oh, yeah, we skipped the throne room I feel scene. like this is a huge moment for Kylo Ren. And this is what makes this movie different than anything that's come before, is we've never seen... Darth the, Vader never did this to the Emperor. Yeah, the villain the didn't die. End. Yeah, the villain didn't the die halfway villain, through. Exactly right. We never saw someone ascend to power quite like this. Yeah, and I, I like that scene. Some people, I've heard people say that that didn't really land with them that well, him spinning the lightsaber to cut him in half. and the like. I actually think that all played really well. I was blown away. I'm rarely legitimately surprised, especially in a Star Wars movie. Yeah. And this was, I, I could not believe it. That definitely made me go, no way. Like that, I was definitely not like a. Oh, that's not gonna happen. I was like, is this really about? And the, one of the best like, uses oh, of slow mo I've ever seen in a movie too. Normally, I'm not a. I feel like slow mo just feels like 300 or some kind of Zack yeah. Snyder movie. But just the slight slow while the guards charge Ray and Kylo, where you realize it kind of sinks in as a viewer, like, oh, he just did that. This is happening. Yeah, and we do get to see Kylo wreck some people, which is all I want in life, to be honest. And <laughs> I will say. Uh, after the end of that fight scene, there was a split second of me going, wait, that's not, those aren't the Knights of Ren, right? I was like, I was like, I was going to be pissed. I was like, if those are the Knights of Ren and that's all we got, I'm going to be pissed. Now, having seen Rise of Skywalker, I wish they were the Knights of Ren. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he said it had gone out. Yeah. Like, I wish the trilogy like ended after Broom Boy <laughs> lifted his broom to the stars. And it was just like, yeah, we're only going to do two movies. It's like, okay, whoa, all right. <laughs> no, but yeah, the th- throne room scene's great. 
I I really like the fight between Kylo and Luke. Mm-hmm. Uh, someone pointed out that uh, oh shoot, there's a fight scene. I think it's Ray training with the Rock. I wanted to bring this up. Is the exact same movements Kylo does. It right? is exactly the same choreography when Ray is training with the lightsaber and she slices the Rock and almost kills the nuns on the island. Yeah. It's the exact same choreography that Kylo uses to fight Luke. And I liked I I liked that moment of Luke saying and again this goes back to my point of I wish his his uh, failure had been that he couldn't say Ben, not that he almost killed Ben forcing the situation. Is Kylo saying, Have you come here to save my soul? And Luke just being like, No. <laughs> and just that their whole dialogue I think hit so hard it's so good and i love the i'll see you around kid because it's both a like cheeky thing and it kind of reminded me of like a han solo moment which definitely would have been salt in the wound for uh kylo and all that and i liked luke how luke died even though it crushed me emotionally i i liked that scene of him looking to the twin sons and his cloak flying into the wind like i that just made me sad um Oh, before we move on to Rise of Skywalker, uh, I did want to ask, have you seen the deleted scene where it's the third lesson? Because that's something people always talk about is there's only two lessons taught in Rise of Skywalker. Right. When he says he's going to teach her three. It makes Luke seem really mean. I, I'm not opposed to them cutting this one. I, it does, but it makes a fantastic point that I think helps with the themes of what the movie was trying to say in terms of the Jedi being, you know, like the hubris of the Jedi is the Peter. Have I explained this scene to you? It's he tells Ray that there are pirates that raid the nuns like once a month and uh, he doesn't do anything about it. And Ray's like super pissed. Like we have to help them. And she grabs the lightsaber and runs off into battle real quick and then breaks it down. And it's actually them just having a party. Not and, seen it. Yeah. yeah. So you see it like that and him just giving the lesson of like, you can't so what, save everybody. Yeah. So what would you have done if you had stopped him today? You're not going to be here next time they come back. And what if they come back with more people? You're not going to be able to save yeah. them. Like that's an amazing lesson. And I am sad that it's caught, but at the same time, I understand why they cut it. All right. We already, I know we did the rise of Skywalker review, so we don't have to talk too much on it, but now that there's been some time, do we have any different feelings about the rise of Skywalker? I actually am more mad. <laughs> I like it less. I, I agree. I, I like it less. Here's a question for you guys. Were you more disappointed by the rise of Skywalker or game of Thrones season? Eight? Oh my. Okay. Weird opinion. <laughs> I actually wish rise of Skywalker was as bad as season eight of game of Thrones. I, in, in the sense of, so game of Thrones season eight, lack of a better way to phrase it killed game of thrones like nobody talks about game of thrones anymore really mm-hmm. and except for to talk about how bad and there's no way ended. you're going back to rewatch it knowing that's the payoff right. right so i wish rise of skywalker had been that level of bad to where i could walk away from <laughs> Star no but Wars. you see like i think if it was longer because what what gives game of thrones the upper hand here is it was an entire season of being oh. let down week after week that's true and you're like it wow hit us over the and eight over. years nine years of my life that i invested in this show like this is it you know countless hours and all these thoughts and all that stuff. like not a ton of that in star wars because we've been accustomed to being disappointed already and trying to find the silver lining 
That's true. Actually, that's a good point. Every place that I could have been, Peter personally could have been pissed at Rise of Skywalker, I found myself upset. And Except with Kylo Ren, because I was really, like, I thought he was really cool at the very beginning of Force Awakens. I was like, man, so cool. And then he's a big baby, and then he just continues to be a baby. But then in The Rise of Skywalker, like, he's my favorite character in this movie. So I think out of everything, I, yeah, hey, we, nice. we got and Kylo. Leia's, yeah, Leia saying Ben, best, best scene. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, I, Palpatine, really, like, Killing Snoke, I was like, okay, so who's gonna be the big bad? And then it's a vatful of them and I as crazy as it would have been, but knowing what the alternative was, I I cause when this was on the internet and it was like they should bring back Pelagus and it should be Pelagus has been pulling the strings. I at first I was like, no, that'd be weird. But now knowing that it was Palpatine, I'm like, no, let's bring Pelagus in. Let's do that. That's cool. Like, forget that. Like we It bought- wouldn't have felt like a reach. Yeah, it, it. We watched Palpatine disintegrate. Nah, disintegrate. Nope. But it's okay because the dark <laughs> side is a path to power. Some believe are unnatural. Yes, every part of this. I will say, I did enjoy his performance. I think I said it in the review too. Like he knows how to ham it up in the best way. Like his voice, his like he knows. Star Wars is ridiculous. Let's go all out. You know what I mean? But yeah, the Palpatine thing has only aged worse the days that have been since the reveal. Oh, and so something. And I, I, okay, like what lit the fire and pissed me off more uh, was because I still, like, I was like, wow, that's weird that our first introduction was Palpatine's Alive, besides the trailer, was the dead speak and, you know, in the opening crawl. Then I found out. That the message, oh. <laughs> the message that is alluded to mm-hmm. in the opening crawl was released on Fortnite, a video game yeah. for a limited time thing. That you missed out on? You had some FOMO? Oh, it's not the missing out on. Romo. What is, what is wrong with Disney to think that's how you do that? You're reaching the kids. You just always think the biggest properties like Star Wars are safe from being like that corporatized or that oh advertised. My God. But this whole plot was also spoiled by Burger King. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> <laughs> that see, this this whole movie, <laughs> everything just, about it is ridiculous. I remember. And I the, can't wait to read the books that come out of this. Oh, same. When uh retur- when the Whopper the Whopper when the Burger King leaks came out. I had already read the leaks because I figured they were fake. And I remember reading them leaks initially being like, no, nah, they wouldn't be like Disney's smarter than this. Like they know they dropped the ball with Last Jedi. They like they got to be smart about this. Um, or I shouldn't say they dropped the ball. They fractured the uh, community is what I should say. But uh, then when the Burger King leak came out, everyone's like, oh, no, it's confirmed. Like, no, this means that it's they're absolutely fake. Like how would <laughs> Burger King? <laughs> yeah, I think it's Burger King. Why would Disney trust Burger King with the most important franchise they own? But it seems like too. <laughs> but nope. It was true. <laughs> and it seemed like too niche of a joke. <laughs> the people who read Reddit spoilers for Star Wars are the only people who would <laughs> get it or even know what this is in reference to. Like, 
how did this happen with the burger? Like, how did Burger King, <laughs> like, people had to have been fired, right? Like, there was, like, a Burger King clearing, right? <laughs> Imagine being Bob Iger or someone, one of the top executives of Disney. And you find out Burger King released the final film of Star Wars. <laughs> you gotta be, you gotta read that and just be like, oh, tabloid journalism. A like, culmination of news. 40 like, years of the most beloved <laughs> film series is is spoiled by by a burger king by, it, it's now. like a german burger king wasn't it too it wasn't even <laughs> that's hysterical oh man but yeah it's just what is it it's supposed to be a year in between last jedi you can tell because finn's hair is longer <laughs> <laughs> but there's so many things that they like allude to yeah. that so uh, it's it's something that i didn't like about the sequel trilogy because it's something George Lucas was good about with the prequel and the original trilogy. Well, I mean, I should say just the prequel because he didn't know how far he was going to go with the original, but the extended universe stuff like the comics, the books, video games, all that stuff. He knew he would do stuff with the prequel trilogy on that, but he didn't leave out vital story points for the extended universe. He told the story and let the extended universe people go like, I like that character in that scene at the cantina. I'm going to do something with it. Rise of Skywalker, especially more so than the other two has so many things that you're like, Oh, there's probably going to be some comic about this. or there's going to be a book about this specifically that helps you understand what's going on in rise of Skywalker. And it's just like, that's bad movie well, making. Well, it's milking the fans. Well, it's milking the fans, but it's just bad movie making. Like, tell the story in the movie and then have fun with whatever you want extended-wise. Yeah, but you went and saw the movie. I did because I hate myself. <laughs> <laughs> I have a question about this dyad, though. Oh, the Force dyad? So you really like that Kylo can, like, Force molest, I guess, like your mind? I did not say Force <laughs> molest. For the record, I said like you know mind read it was forced mind read very aggressive aggressive mind reading yeah non-consensual and, mind reading okay. and mm-hmm. that's more along seems fair. my terms but not my terms <laughs> is that am i supposed to think that that is also part of this dyad stuff him when when is this really established the force so, bond in the last jedi yeah well so well that's what's weird is so and I always thought this was weird in The Last Jedi because I said that I thought it'd be cool if why Ray's force powers activated was because Kylo tapped into him by accident. Mm-hmm. And it like downloaded all of Yeah, She yeah. now knows Kung Fu. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, basically. Or at the very least, it formed because um, it's in Knights of the Old Republic. That's what happens with your character and um, Bastila is you share a force bond. So you become more powerful in the force. Because she is, and it becomes like a give and take. That's a great dynamic for your hero and villain, is they are feeding off of each other. Like, that's awesome. But then they established in The Last Jedi that Snoke made the connection, but then Snoke died, and so you're like, oh, the connection's going to be gone now. And then it's not gone, and so then it's there a dyad, and it goes back to like, so when did the dyad start? Did yeah. Snoke create them as a dyad? I don't think and if so, Snoke then Palpatine. The truth. So, so Snoke didn't form the bond? I don't think Palpatine. so. I think that Snoke was trying to manipulate it. I don't think he created it. Okay. 
I mean, I can buy that because I still like the theory of that's how she was able to tap into the Force was they he unintentionally formed a bond. I with think her. the Last Jedi tries to hint at this at the end when Ray kind of shuts him out. Yeah. When Kylo's trying to reach back out to her as she's boarding the Millennium Falcon, I think that's supposed to say, "Hey, actually, Snoke didn't do this, so we, we can still we connect if we want to." Uh, the dyad is absolutely just made up, pulled out of thin air, to Peter's point. It just kind of comes out of nowhere. I mean, it does. Like, if that had been something she discovered at the very beginning of the movie, like, it didn't have... Uh, I would have preferred it to have been explored more in terms of what a dyad is in The Last Jedi when they were focusing on the bond. But even at the beginning of the movie, if she has these books and she, in a line of dialogue, just explained, like, I've figured out why me and Kylo were able to do this. I think we're a diet. Like, talking to... Again, this is the problem with not having Carrie Fisher there, but she could have talked to Ghost Luke and been like, I've figured this out. It's a forced dyad. We feed off each other. You know what I mean? You'll have gotta. too many of those... Uh, what is it? Chekhov's guns? Yeah, she, way we, she too ar- many. She already had one when she forced healed that sand snake. Oh, yeah. it's a thing I can do. Which, by the way, the biggest plot hole of the movie is still force healing. And I just watched... So I've been watching before this one. I watched a bunch of my the Star Wars YouTube channels I follow. Some of them have positive feelings about the sequel trilogy. Some of them have negative. They both can explain the force healing. And one of them tries super hard to be like, oh, it doesn't matter. Maybe it's like a Jedi teaching that only a few knew. And it's like, no, 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 no. That's not something that the Jedi... like. Even if you took the stance of like... We accept death and, you know, death is just a part of life. So we don't want to use that to keep people alive because that's disrupting. Like, even if you take that stance, they would have taught that to their students. Mm -hmm. Like, that doesn't make sense that it'd just be like this forbidden teaching unless it was a dark side thing, which they could have gone with. But I think they had a chance to fix this plot hole. That is, becomes a plot hole for the saga, not just this movie, mm-hmm. with the force healing. If they eliminate the force healing snake thing and have it have been only Kylo and Rey can heal each other because of the force dyad. If they're feeding off each other and they can heal each you know what I mean? It yeah. works in that capacity. You're right. The way they set it up is now there are no rules for this, where Rey can do it to Kylo and still live. And then Kylo, who's very much not a fully trained Jedi, can do it back to Rey, but it costs him his life. You know, it... It doesn't make sense. And Yoda didn't want to tell Anakin about this when Anakin was teetering or, between or turning like, to the dark side. And it also goes back to why couldn't... I mean, even though Obi-Wan was a Padawan, if he was ready to face the trials, he's done all his training. And man, if he, he knew about this with Qui-Gon... Yeah, Qui-Gon would still be alive. <laughs> yeah. Like, there's so many Jedi that would still be alive. There's so many... It's, there's but a Darth lot. Maul is still alive. There's, there's a lot there's, going on. There is a whole lot going on. And it really is one of those things of... JJ or somebody thought of it and was like, no, because it's like the force. But they forget that even Han Solo makes fun of that logic in their own movie of Force Awakens that has become a meme of the, that's not how the force works. Like, yes, (laughs) that's not how it works. (laughs) And if you do it that way, everything falls apart. Everything. Yeah, I think it was done really well in The Last Jedi. The force bond set up Luke's actual, whatever we want to call it, his force projection, force projection, I guess, thing. if you want to call it that. But it really costs him everything. He he uses so much energy that he dies and becomes one with a force. But the movie set that up, I think, in a really good way, where Kyle yeah. and Ray weren't sure if that's what was happening and then realized it wasn't. But Luke showed that that's possible. This movie, it just felt like they just did it because it served the plot, and it didn't really have a payoff because it 
raised too many questions. Yeah, it was just a we need this to happen, right. not a story, le- not a lesson, not a story building thing. It just just doesn't land. Ah, oh, man, there there are still things though from the last or the Rise of Skywalker that I really enjoyed that still were like there was there were things in here that worked. The redemption of Kylo Ren mm-hmm. is so well done. I hate what they did with uh, Ben Solo, him not talking and him dying. They killed my boy. I will never forgive them for that. But everything about his redemption was so well done. It also gave me a little bit of, you know, we got to see Kylo just wreck people. Loved that. Uh, he wrecked his boys. I can't wait for the DVD to come out so I can watch the ex- the extended version of the fight scene in the beginning where he finds the Oracle. Because uh, I've seen the photos from it, and I, it's just more of him wrecking people. I'm all about it. <laughs> um, but there's still, it's the little bits of good in there are so overshadowed by things that just genuinely piss me off. Like I would have rather the Knights of Ren never reappeared. And then you find out in an extended cut that Kylo killed all of them, like an extended universe thing that he killed all of them. Like, okay, cool. They're, I don't have to worry about that anymore. Than them being a metal band from Iceland that just stands on shit. Yeah, in the desert. Like, that fight scene at the end with Ben Solo was cool, but that could have been anybody. We had no connection to that. I was picturing all their weapons as, like, electric guitars. Well, it's... (laughs) Like, all the extended universe stuff I'm reading now about the Knights of Ren make them so cool. Yeah, and they're just not. And they're not in the movie. And it's such a bummer. To Peter's point, it makes sense that they were probably on tour for the previous two movies, <laughs> yeah, too. And that's true. why they just show up out of the blue. <laughs> oh, man. I, I didn't catch it, but apparently someone on Reddit said that on a like a rewatch of the movie, you can hear a stormtrooper or an Imperial officer go, oh, the Knights of Ren. Like, oh, that's cool. You know what I mean? Like a weird like audio thing in the background when they're walking down the hallway. What? I think and that's I early that's on. that's not true. No, I think it is. I think... You can hear that pretty audibly, actually. In oh the my god! First introduction. Bam, bam. After oh, they, the <laughs> at, right after they inexplicably put the helmet back together. Yeah. They they then go show it off. It uh, it's just that's so weird. Like I get why they put the helmet back together, but it ended up not meaning anything because again he takes it off and then ninety percent of the like ninety percent of the movie he has it off. Well, because you wouldn't remember it was him because it's not. But it still makes my, I still believe the conspiracy theory that I brought up in our review, which is that Adam Driver couldn't be there for some of the scenes. So they brought the helmet in so they could have the stunt double just walk up the halls and stuff like that. And they could do VO later. And new Legos and new action figures. Well, of course, yeah. But, uh, ah, man, it's still, the Leia stuff still makes me sad because I think there was a lot of potential with that. Like, I like. Yeah, that's fair. I like the idea of Leia being her teacher. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I like the idea of Leia being the next Skywalker that, you know, she teaches what she learned as a Jedi, even conveys the message she learned of, like, she gave up being a Jedi because she wanted to be a mom. Like, there's a lot that they could have done with that, and it makes me sad that they couldn't because of unfortunate passing. But Man, I'm not ready. <laughs> All right, I'm ready. Let's go. <laughs> that really is what happens. Ray's like, I shouldn't go out there. Okay, I'm going to go out there. I need the lightsaber back. <laughs> ah. It's because all the footage was them handing that lightsaber off. So oh, sadly, that's all they got. <laughs> I do think it's interesting. I like that they rebuilt the lightsaber. I also Wait. can see, for, for the sole purpose of 
Kylo finally getting to use it. Okay. I also can completely agree with the point that Rey should have had her own lightsaber at the beginning of the movie, and that should have been the Return of the Jedi moment of, like, she's completed a portion of her training. And then she can bury it on Tatooine? Why did she... Like an adult? I'm, I'm... Why... Why did she bury it on Tatooine? Why wouldn't she keep it so when she has students, they can have lightsabers that they can use? I just was hoping that she'd be done with the Jedi. Yeah, that's what you and Paul were talking about, was that you took it as like a the Jedi or That's what I wanted. And then she showed us her cool lightsaber and was like, oh, JK. But even if you think about it from a standpoint, like, okay, bearing the... It would have made more sense for her to put them back on Octu because you're burying them at the Lars homestead place luke has no fun it's not about making sense it's about paying homage to the other movies and that would have paid homage to the other movies better than just putting it on octu we just saw octu last movie it's just nothing makes sense finn's plot doesn't make sense finn's is just wasted his role in the movie and even john boyega has made jokes about this his role in the movie was to yell ray at the top of his lungs in every other scene and to wear fly jackets. Wear super fly jackets. And to say there's something I need to tell you, but it can wait. Which ends Til up Till the movie ends and he still hasn't told us. Yeah, and then... But Burger King... It's a tale for another time. <laughs> well, it ended up being during the press tour. JJ was so hassled by it that he had to finally answer the question, and it was just that he was Force-sensitive. I'm Force-sensitive. Oh, my. Ray, before we die, I have to tell you I'm Force-sensitive. How does uh, that help uh, us? Yeah. <laughs> I just thought you should know. It's a cool thing. That was just as dumb, like, yeah. I also might be in love with Poe. It's a whole thing. We don't know. <laughs> He's for sure not in love with Rose anymore. <laughs> made that pretty evident. But just it ending at the Lars Homestead, I I get it from a for the member corporate berries. member berry point of view. You're telling me you never gone to your favorite college professor's childhood home to bury something? <laughs> a childhood home which he ran away from because it's where he was basically kept against his will and then his aunt and uncle were murdered in. And then also buried. So you have <laughs> your professor's Very sister. Specific. Your professor's sister's lightsaber, who hasn't ever been to the Lars homestead, so has no connection to it. And then you took his last name. Yeah, he just took. Oh when the neighbor for some reason asked you what your name was, I still think. I think. It, I think it would have met resistance at the beginning, but I think people would have been more okay with it than they are. Ray Skywalker is. Her new Jedi Order is just called the Skywalker Order. They're Skywalker. It makes sense. And they learn to balance the Force a little bit more. And her accepting who she is, not saying Ray Palpatine, but, you know, I think it's early in the movie they say, they're like, what's your name? Ray. Ray what? Just Ray. Mm -hmm. And she says it with a sadness. If she had said the same line with a more positive attitude when asked that question, hits ten times more. Because it really hits home the idea of it doesn't matter who your bloodline is. It doesn't matter what my last name is. I am Ray. I'm my own person. Like, that's awesome. Good on you. But I also kind of would have loved if she'd been like Ray Palpatine and that old lady's like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> like, trying to run away. like, no, 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 no. I'm good. I promise. <laughs> Carried away by Tuscan Raiders. <laughs> Yeah, it's just, uh, I just don't like Lando. Lando's appearance was random. And he might be that lady, that girl's I mom. Believe, I can't dad. believe it took me this long. <laughs> <Both>. Yeah. 
interesting no, interpretation. Are. I think they are. I think they're father and daughter. Yeah, he's like, let's find out where you let's, came from. Uh, yeah, let's find your ancestry. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe it took me this long to realize, too. Like, well, I shouldn't say like I just realized it. It was a while back, but it took me longer than I care to admit that the ending of this movie is in-game. It's the Avengers in-game ending. When everybody comes through the portals and they have yeah. the final whatever. It's the exact it, same thing. Down yeah. to the same thing of, spoilers for in-game, Iron Man's last words are, and I'm Iron Man. Yeah. She says, and I'm the Jedi. And yeah. then dies as well. Like, they're... Yeah. It's it's the same. If it worked well and the mouse goes, it worked well. It worked well in Endgame, and that's iffy. That was kind of the weirder part of the movie, to be honest. But not the Iron Man thing, but the portal stuff. Portals. It, yeah. It worked in Endgame because that was 10 years. It was a payoff. Yeah, 10 years of build-up to that payoff. That It, it, it made it so emotional. This is uh, n- nine movies. It's not the oh, <laughs> uh yeah. There's episode one, and this was nine. Either either the sequel trilogy is its own thing, or we redub this the Palpatine saga. You can't have it both ways, because the Skywalkers come out of this movie as the worst people in the galaxy, <laughs> worst people that could have happened. Oh, maybe that's why I was annoyed. There wasn't like that moment where all of our female characters came on screen and did something really cool and powerful. That's true. We true. Didn't have that it moment. wasn't woke enough for me. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I didn't realize that was one reason why I could also be mad. <laughs> Hot take about Force Ghost Luke. His hair took me out of the movie <laughs> yeah, so hair. fast. Well, because you could tell it was a wig. Like in Last Jedi, it they put more effort into the wig. Uh, this one. I think they thought because he's all blue, they won't notice. Oh, we noticed. We hardcore noticed. Oh, man. It looks like he's starting dreads or something. Yeah, it's bad. There, I looked at a still frame the other day. of uh, It was a high-resolution frame of him catching the lightsaber, <laughs> and it looks rough. It's one of those things where like the blue, they do the blue to make it nostalgic to the Obi-Wan Force Ghost from original trilogy, which is fine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's the lighting. There's a reason those Ghost Force scenes took place in a dark, swampy Dagobah. Because when there's like fire behind him and there's sunlight and all this stuff, you're like, this looks bizarre. Well, how come Anakin gets to pick his 30-year-old self with that lettuce? Oh, yeah. (laughs) And not the charred version, but Luke picks... (laughs) <laughs> this version instead of uh, just for men, Luke. Yeah, <laughs> at the end of the Last Jedi. Well, because they could have done it too. The CGI Luke in uh, the flashback scene, which is honestly one of my favorite scenes in the uh, sequel trilogy, even though it's maybe six seconds of young Luke and Leia training. They did CGI young Luke. They could have done it again. That'd been that'd been interesting. And made it blue. Yeah, they just make a CGI blue young Luke Skywalker. I actually would have been more psyched for that. That'd have been crazy. Ah, uh, I. I still hate with all my heart. Oh. I, everyone talks about like the payoff. They're <laughs> like, I loved it. Luke raised the X-Wing out of the ocean. Yeah. And it's he finally did it because he couldn't do it on Dagobah. I'm like, okay, cool. That negates him not being able to get to, um, you know, crate. Mm. That, like, that negates his whole purpose of doing the force projection. Like, completely. Completely. He's just lazy. Yeah, it's like, oh, well, I mean, it's a whole thing. I get the thing. I'll just die. I'm just going to. It's like, I don't want to lift it out of the ocean. I got to fly. The I've thing been, is, he's not even really dead. It's like, right? I haven't flown that X-Wing forever. Uh, I'm just going to, you know what? I'm just going to die. I'm going to do that. He can do everything he did alive. He just doesn't have to eat. 
Yeah. The uh, and like I, how would the ship fly if it's if it's been in the ocean for years? <laughs> and he used parts of the wings to make his hut. <laughs> well, he fixed it. Uh, it's like Disney didn't watch their own movie. There's going to be a comic about it. Maybe it the explains. X-Wing had a Force Ghost door. <laughs> Consider that. Yeah, I mean, a lot of a lot more of what I had to say have to say is just what we said in the review. So we can kind of wrap this up. Like, I guess just let's go around and just say high points of the sequel trilogy, though. So we don't end on such a sour note, even though I hate this. <laughs> you don't want to start? I'll start. Give me something. To I'll think say about. anything with Kylo. Even the weirder stuff with Kylo. Shirtless Kylo? Shirtless Kylo, swole Kylo, even that stuff I still think was Swallow. great. Yeah, Ben Swolo. I think all all of his scenes, like if you did a supercut of every scene he's in of the saga, it's all great. Love that. So Kylo Ren to Ben Solo arc, awesome. I even think like Daisy Ridley as Rey did fine. I just don't like what they did with her character. Uh, but I, I enjoyed Ray, especially in Force Awakens. Uh, there's a lot of like great gun, gut punching scenes, like we talked about the bridge scene, the Holden maneuver. You know, there's a lot of really pretty, cool ideas in this garbage fire. <laughs> there's a flicker of beautiful light in this garbage fire <laughs> of warmth. <laughs> of warmth. Uh, Josh, um, probably the thing that I go back to the most is one of my favorite scenes from the whole trilogy is the revelation where you realize Luke is not actually on crate and he fades out. Kylo realizes he wasn't even there. Luke passes away to me. That was a really tense part of the movie because I was really nervous that Luke was going to die. And then he did, but it was after demonstrating really like the, probably the most powerful display of the force we've ever seen. Yeah. Um, he faced down the whole first order. Like he said, he wasn't going to do earlier in the movie. Um, that to me was just, it was mind blowing. I, I don't think any, J.J. Abrams for sure could not have pulled that off. Um, yeah. I think it was just so original and, and interesting and unexpected that that's probably what I'll what will stick with me the most from this trilogy. Yeah, that's a that is honestly a scene that will stick with me forever. I do think I am not to nitpick it. I still think it would have been better for him to have the green lightsaber. One because we never got to see him really have it except for the time he almost killed Kylo. But I also, on top of that, from a story beat perspective, what would enrage Kylo more is him holding the green lightsaber that almost killed I agree him. with you. you. Know I, mean? I think, and we don't I, have to riff about this too much, I think it's to show the viewers, hey, something's not quite right yeah, here. Yeah, I think it's a tip Because off. you also see Kylo's feet in the salt, you know, really. That is, I, I forgot to mention that when we were talking about that scene earlier. That is one of my favorite scenes in the saga too, is Kylo maneuvers his feet like into a stance and just the the way it's filmed, it's just done so great of Luke, like that smirk Luke gives of the like, reading his move like he knows what kylo's coming at him with like mm. it was such a great like you got nothing on me kid like moment i loved it but uh peter we also didn't do a how would you like things you would tweak about it we kind of did a little bit of that so i'll circle back around on that things i liked uh kylo ren in the last movie um the fights, everything on the Death Star that's still there with the fight. Like when oh, Kylo shows on. up, that's really oh, cool. Great. And I like Even though the Death Star there. shouldn't be there. Yeah. But uh, ignoring that point. Just I'm putting contact. Like that part I like. Yeah. Uh, um, Bubba Freak. I like him. I like <laughs> oh, that. Bubba Freak was funny. <laughs> um, 
the red stuff of crate. That's cool. I'm trying to find things in all the movies. <laughs> um, I don't think you've hit Force Awakens yet. Yeah, I oh. haven't done Force Awakens. You talked a little bit. In I the mean, the beginning is really cool. Like yeah, Kylo Ren's introduction is bad yeah, in a it, good way. Yeah, Michael I mean, Jackson music video. Bad. I'm with you. Yeah, because it, it was a good mixture of like a Vader vibe, but in his own way. Yeah, and before he was a toddler. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think the introduction of Snoke was cool. Yeah. I remember you speculating that he was actually really tiny. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you only see the projection. That this really is cool. a Wizard of Oz kind of situation. <laughs> yeah. Which I, I think we can all agree it is good that that wasn't the case. <laughs> well, well, to be honest, it didn't matter because Snoke yeah. was a puppet clone anyway, thing. Yeah, in and a, there are many Snokes. Many Snokes. There, yeah. And why were all the Snokes scarred? Was that just like a, a to make Palpatine like was like, no, no, no. Let's add body dysfunctions to him. Uh, I'm getting but up on that. But when him and Kylo face off, a tiny chair and yeah, a tiny, tiny Snoke would have... <laughs> it doesn't have to be that small. I'm kind of thinking more like Yoda. But He's like pretty small, Slightly man. smaller than Yoda. Why not? He has a custom <laughs> tiny chair <laughs> in the Jedi it's Temple. It's a Bubba Freak. It, yeah. <laughs> if he was the size of Bubba Freak... They got <laughs> enough small characters as well. <laughs> I made the connection between you two. <laughs> I said the, the split... I sense him reaching out to destroy his enemy. Kill <laughs> her. Saber wouldn't cut him in half. It just engulfs him. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. Oh. Do you want to do a like how how you would fix anything? No. You don't want to. No. I'd start over. Oh just man. Do it again. Okay. Yeah. I, I mean, what? but you liked the red stuff on crate. You'd keep that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Find a new reason to be on crate. Yeah. It would star Babu Freak as the <laughs> protagonist. As the Snoke. <laughs> yeah. As the Snoke. Yeah. Uh, I no. I I have so I agree with you. Like you start because in my opinion, what if if you're gonna approach the you know sequel trilogy, it, Return of the Jedi is the ending. This needs to be the epilogue. The what happens after, not a weird continuation of the cycle. And so I think an interesting take they could have had from the beginning was First Order is a terrorist group. Like uh, rebels were quote unquote terrorist group. You know what I mean? Like First Order are the new rebels. Republic is in charge. Say that like so say they control like 60 percent of the galaxy. Galactic Empire remnant control like 20% of the galaxy and then the other 20 is the like free planets like Tatooine or whatever. You know what I mean? So there are planets that are still a part of the empire, not in like an evil, they just prefer that kind of government and you just have it be where there's tension between those two and the first order is trying to start a war to take power kind of thing. That's an interesting dynamic to take because then you can go different ways of telling that story of, they kind of did that when they were making the Nazis like connections in Force Awakens. Like well, that's yeah. what how, that's what Germany did, mm-hmm. right? But it, it's one of those things where I think it'd have been interesting if it had been a Force Awakens is them trying to stop the war. Yeah, yeah. Um, return or sorry, the Last Jedi is the war's happening now. They're trying to figure out how to stop it, and then Rise of Skywalker is them showing that the First Order's behind everything and that they need to. Yeah. Form some the first sort of order's peace. not paying reparations. And they the, annex Poland. And I think it'd have been super cool yeah. to be like where I think Ray should have been a solo. 
I think, and not in the context of how the movie's laid out. In this version, you just have Ray be solo, and you basically have the Kylo solo, Kylo Ren and Ray relationship just be the brother sister conflict, which is interesting. Like, which is the it would have been a new take, and uh, so that'd have been fun. Uh, I think there's a lot of ways they could have gone to just do something new and have it be an epilogue where it's not about like the cycle continuing. It's just a like almost how like George R. R. Martin put what he thought, what he didn't like about Lord of the Rings was you wanted to know how things would shake out after they beat all the, you know, the orcs and stuff. Just read the mm-hmm. appendices, bro. Well, yeah. Tells but you. you know what I mean? Like, it's an interesting thing. I think fixing within what they have, uh, I main I basically just think, a lot of it has to do with them, their focus on what they did with Ray and just resetting the status quo. Cause like, I, I think Finn, a stormtrooper becoming a Jedi is a 10 times more interesting story to me than another desert person be- gets taught by an old recluse to become a Jedi. It's like, Oh, like, so we're you just like doing Finn's climax of riding a horse on a star destroyer. <laughs> no. Dude loves horses. Dude loves. I loved in that uh, how it should have ended cartoon thing. The ship just turns to the side. <laughs> and they, they fall, fall off. off. <laughs> they uh, couldn't turn to the side. They were remote controlled. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. Oh. Josh, I mean, is there anything like you don't have to go into too much detail if you don't want to? But like, I, I wish they took place on Earth. I'm kidding. <laughs> I was like. <laughs> bold <laughs> no i think even keeping the first two just how they are force awakens and last jedi i i mean there's things i didn't like and and it sure but on the whole i enjoy both of those still rise of skywalker is absolute trash it's a complete train wreck i think from start to finish and there's only a couple of things that i would that i like in, in any form or fashion so i think they just needed to slow it down a little bit and going back to when rose says hey this is how we're gonna win we're gonna save what we love not fight or destroy what we hate. I think the whole plot should have been about, hey, Kylo, at the beginning of the movie, can be wrecking fools, he can be taking over planets, he becomes the supreme leader, but realizes that that doesn't make him happy and he still feels really empty. The whole movie, I felt like, should have been Rey and Leia trying to reach out to him to bring him back to their side, saying, this is how we're going to win, is we're going to save Kylo. And I wish the first half of the movie was about saving Kylo, maybe Leia passing to bring Kylo back. Anakin shows up to Kylo to say, hey, don't make the same mistakes that I did. Yeah. When Kylo feels that Leia finally passes on, he realizes Ray's pretty much the only thing I have left. And I've got everything that I ever thought I ever wanted, but it doesn't really make me happy. And then he finally makes that turn. I think with Hux, he's pretty irredeemable as an actual villain yeah, after they, The Last Jedi. So yeah. I think you could have made the Knights of Ren a little bit more imposing and maybe make them the ultimate bad guys or... I don't know if you have time to shoehorn like a Darth Plagueis, but I think it should have been about turning the tide and, and getting Kylo to turn and then having Kylo and the resistance take on the first order. I think to me that would have been so much more interesting. Yeah. And then if you got a fourth or a, a whole half of the movie about Ben Solo with the resistance. Yeah. And him burning down what he had just built. Kind right. Of thing. Right. That's a very interesting like plot. I'd, that's I'd what I, that. that's what I wanted to happen. Yeah. It's, and again, like I think, again, it's a trash fire, but I think I would have been more okay with the ending of the movie, too, if Ben Solo had been alive. And people, I've seen so many comments and so many people talk about the movie, and like, Ben Solo had to die. They made him irre- irredeemable from the beginning. And I'm like, he well, he's technically redeemed in the end, 
but that doesn't mean like a more interesting idea instead of just repeating the Vader thing is having Kylo have to live with what he did. And everyone does the whole, well, didn't he be arrested? But no, he doesn't. We talked about this. Yeah, I think I think a more interesting, and maybe I said this last time, but maybe a more interesting take on this is he loses his force powers. Oh, by giving, by saving her by life, saving he loses his, his life. powers. Instead of dying, he just loses his connection to the force and then has to reconcile what he did without the force. I don't think I brought this up in The Rise of Skywalker. And this would be the last thing I say because we're running out of time. Well, I know we've gone over a little bit, but like that reminded me, I think... That would have been a great storyline. One of my favorite characters and favorite storylines from the old extended universe was in an old Republic tale about Exar Kun and his apprentice. Uh, Quell, <laughs> I'm gonna mess up their names. Um, I won't. I won't know the difference. Ulic, but it's worth Ulic, Quell, Ulic, <laughs> his name was Ulic Quadroma, and they were the first like Sith lords. So like Dark Jedi to become Sith lords and attack the Republic. So Ulic Quadroma like was leading a battle against the Jedi or whatever. And his brother was also a Jedi and they came fight to fight. And his brother turned off his lightsaber intentionally to have Ulick kill him. And uh, in that moment, Ulick immediately was like, Oh my God, what have I become? Like he turns himself in, he loses his force power. Like the Jedi take his force powers from him and he goes and lives on Ilium in like a cave by himself for like years and years and years. And the daughter of the Jedi that took his powers goes and trains with him. And like he, as someone who can't feel the force anymore, trains this girl to become a Jedi. And like, he comes through this own like spiritual enlightening, whatever. And he ends up sacrificing himself for her in a weird kind of misunderstanding that goes deeper into what that comic was about. But it's such an interesting idea of a Jedi who has felt the force his entire life having to go forward without it also having to live with these terrible things he's done. Like that's a fascinating storyline. I would have loved to have followed up with Kylo, but no, it's cool. He just poofed (laughs) like his shirt didn't even stay behind. He just poofed. (laughs) (laughs) I saw a tweet that said Ben Solo looks like a cool yoga instructor from Seattle. (laughs) (laughs) And it's so true. It's very true. And I, I love that you pointed it out too in our um, Rise of Skywalker thing of just his only words as Ben Solo are ow. <laughs> it's all he says. Put it on his gravestone. Yeah. But there are things I just can't forgive the sequel trilogy for. It's killing Ben Solo, killing, the original, killing Luke and Han and Luke Leia. Luke and Han and Leia, <laughs> uh, systematically, movie by movie. And. Uh, making the chosen one pointless, even though that was the point of the original trilogy and the prequels as well. And then making everything that happened in the original trilogy pointless. There's a lot, there's a lot that I'm very upset about, but you know, I'm still hopeful because like there's, there's interesting stories like writers that are coming out that are not necessarily like Disney based, like the clone wars new season has started out great. I loved Mandalorian. Um, Jedi Fallen Order video game was one of the best Star Wars stories I've seen in a while. Like, there's hope for the extended universe, but it does make me sad that they've, like, they, like, capped the movies. Yeah, it was just a shame. Everybody had their own envisioned or dreams about what these movies were going to look like with their childhood heroes, and it just kind of sucks that they dropped the ball so bad. Yeah, just very unorganized, very unplanned, and... Yeah, it's made me reanalyze a lot of J.J. Abrams' work and realize that there's a 
there's a common theme with his movies that is making me realize I don't know if I like J.J. Abrams as much as I thought I did. <laughs> but yeah, I'm, I didn't want to sit on a sour note, but I took us there. So that's my fault. But uh, remember, <laughs> you can follow us at TMFT Podcast on Twitter and write to us at TMFTPodcast at gmail.com. Uh, that was our Star Wars retrospective. We're going to get back to single movies and maybe oh, John. The single movies. Oh. <laughs> maybe John. Wow. <laughs> maybe maybe John will return. Um, Who? John. Remember our friend John? He was our co-host and he just didn't want to do the Star Wars retrospective. That's a name I haven't heard in a long time. That's the positive note we were looking for. <laughs> there we go. We'll see you next time. <laughs> there we go.